love hitting the highway? It's time now for Road Trips Australia with a dark broadcasting through Blue Collar Media in partnership with Top Parks. There's a Top Parks holiday for every family budget. Plus, become a Top Parks G'day Rewards member and save even more. Visit topparks.com.au. Yes, g'day and welcome to the very latest edition of Road Trips Australia, an Aussie travel podcast produced by Blue Collar Media in partnership with Top Parks. Now every week we go into detail of Australian road trips and the attractions along the way, the must-do stop-offs, tips and information as well. We also put the spotlight on a Top Park caravan park that you can enjoy on your very own road trip. The facilities, all the services that you can expect, the accommodation options from caravan and camping sites right through to those uh, big cabins that you can stay in. We certainly do look after you there and a whole lot more. This week, our road trip takes us to the old Garn Track in Outback Australia and a bucket list road trip for many, many people, including myself. I've never been up there. And, of course, we will catch up with the lovely Laura from Top Parks and put the spotlight on another quality Top Park for you to enjoy uh, during your travels. Now, you too can be a part of this podcast. Just send me an email by going to bluecollarmedia.com.au and click on Email the Duck. bluecollarmedia.com.au and just click on Email the Duck and we'll certainly do respond to all of those emails as well. Well, it's time to bring in my little partner in crime. He's busy down there at his training centre pumping up the numbers for his new YouTube channel at the moment. Vic Widman, g'day. Oh, g'day, Duck. How are you, mate? I'm Boy. going well. Well, how's the YouTube channel going? Are we, we we need to start really promoting that, and we need to promote that on the radio program as well, which we will do, because that's going to, going to be um, not just entertaining, but very useful. Well, look, that's, what, that's exactly what I'm trying to do with it, mate. It's a Vic Whitman YouTube, mm. and um, it, uh, it covers some tips and techniques, and I've put a few of the tips and techniques uh, of full driving mm. up there already. Mm. And um, I've also including some little snippets on places to visit, um, everywhere from Mount Panorama, which I was up there the other day, mm. through to four drive locations, etc. And uh, I just put a couple up on the actual driver training that we run down here at my beautiful training centre at Braidwood, mate. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just hop onto that, Vic Whitman, hit the subscribe button so you can get the updates. I, mm. I usually put something up there every every week at least. Yep. And um, and you know I've got a great sense of humour. Every now and then I'll do a funny, a funny, funny. Yes, well, that's the <laughs> thing that worries me. But I, I actually, I'll have to subscribe now that I'm back in the uh, in Blue Collarville Studios here at Blue Collarville uh, HQ. <laughs> Uh, I'll yeah. go on that, that channel today and subscribe to that myself and uh, like I said, we'll push that because I think it's going to be useful and the, the fact that now many people um, who weren't necessarily into the into travelling and Australian road travel, I mean, um, now things have changed in regard, you know, in light of the COVID-19 uh, yeah. virus, there'd be people now on road trips. I saw evidence of that while I was away the last couple of months of people on their first road trips and I think... Uh, Information is power and knowledge is power. So if they can jump onto your channel and get some of your experience, um, they could do a lot worse than that. So we'll certainly push that yeah. along for you. And I think that's a great idea and I think it'll go well. Maybe just limit some of the jokes. Oh, okay. Well, look, I've, I've only done one funny one so far, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. But Which, which one's that? You know, 
Um, oh, the one where I was making a cup of tea. No, 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 Vic, that wasn't hilarious. Vic, that wasn't wasn't hilarious. I did see that one. (laughs) But anyway, but it's amazing. You know what? It's it's basically, um, basically it is, uh, you know, it's about about opinion. And, and, you know, (laughs) one people might think it's funny and others might. Well, Well, everyone has an opinion. The other thing is, mate, that even though I, you know I was having a bit of a, a bit of a lark and being a bit of a lad, we, we were putting a message across there um, about um, you know some things you, you've got to be a little bit careful of as to what you might do um, because you know, in that situation, you know, you could have I could have accidentally poisoned myself. No, fair enough. Uh, no, exactly. But all look, right. It's all about information, mate. Yeah, that's so, it. No, that's right, and that's what we want. And then throw your little humour parts in. You might as well. Um, it yeah. shows more of your little character there. But it's a great look. It's a great idea, and uh, and I think everybody who travels should get onto it and uh, just go. So it's just the YouTube channel is just what's it called? Just Vic Whitman. Just just Vic Whitman. Yep. V I C for Vic and W I D M A N. And right. uh, yeah, look at that and subscribe to it. You'll see. The training centre there. You'll see the training we did uh, last weekend with a few of the vehicles. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a novice. I'm learning how to use iMovies and putting music to mm, stuff and, mm. and all that. But, you know, you've got to start somewhere. And even at my ripe old age, I can still learn some new tricks. Exactly <laughs> right, mate. Now, one trick that you certainly do know about is all the tricks along the way. The Garn, the old Garn track, which is an absolute cracker. Yep. I haven't been up there. I look... I, wouldn't mind doing. That. I might do that with you one day, actually. That that because it's a trip that we've spoken about, well, probably a few years ago now on the radio. Over the years, we've spoken yeah. about probably a couple of times. But mm. and I'm really pleased to hear that, that it is on your bucket list to do. And uh, it is a great drive. It's um, uh, this is a little bit different uh, in terms of our road trips um, uh, podcast because this is probably more of a full drive trip. Uh, some of our other podcasts, uh, you know, could be done in a on a motorbike, on a car, you know, uh, in a car club or, or anything. It's, you know, more of a road, a true road trip. But this one's um, a great road trip, but, but really it's designed for someone with the robust construction of a four-wheel drive, mate. Mm, no, well, well it, and there's plenty of people out there that own four-wheel drives that enjoy these trips, so take it away. Yeah, well, look, uh, if we're talking about the old Garn, I mean, a lot of people, you know, what are you talking about? What's the Garn? The Garn was the railway line that... that uh, built in the 1800s when they first started building it that uh, ran from Adelaide all the way up through Maree and up the, the um, Urnadatta track, obviously past Lake Eyre there, um, all the way through to Alice Springs. And um, it was named after the Afghan uh, Cameleers because prior to the railway line going through, uh, goods, and serv- uh, goods were transported by camel, camel train. And um, we actually did bring a lot of the Afghan uh, cameleers out, obviously, from Afghanistan. They had the knowledge of how to lead and, and look after camels. And, uh, and in fact, you know, they, they were even involved in a lot of our exploration, the, the Afghans. Uh, Birkin Wills had uh, an Afghan uh, camel leader in their group back in the 1860s. And um, so the train line that they built to replace the, the camels uh, was known as the Garn. It's G-H-A-N. Uh, we call this the old Garn railway line because, in fact, uh, that railway line that I spoke about that ran from Alice Springs pretty much due south, down past Chambers Pillar, all the way down to the little town of Fink and then around the edge of the Simpson Desert and then down the uh, Unadatta Track. That was very, very remote and very hostile country. And the problem they had is that um, 
there were, you know, when if you had a breakdown, it was uh, a long way to go and get parched. But the biggest issue was uh, when we had big rains, and boy, we've had a few of those in the last few weeks, mate. Um, the, the the track would literally get washed away. You know, you, the majority of that country is desert, and um, when you do have a dry creek bed, you, you build a bridge over it, as they say. Um, but when we get rain, that, that that dry creek becomes a raging torrent. Now, if you build on sand, you know what you know what sand does. Ask the people up in the central coast after mm. what's been happening. Yeah, and um, and it gets washed away. And, and there were stories of the, the train being stranded between washed out creek beds and the, the passengers on board and, you know, in the middle of nowhere. And we're talking, you know, like the late 1800s and even the early 1900s um, being stranded out there. It wasn't like they could, you know, get help it to them real quickly. And, you know, they had to fend for themselves and try and feed people. And there are stories of some people being trapped for a couple of weeks in the middle of the desert. So it... The, the upshot of that was that they found that that, that track really was untenable. Um, the last train that went up there was, in fact, it wasn't that long ago. If we consider 1981, I think it was, uh, not that long ago. Um, that was like when the last train ran up the old garn. It's replaced by the new garn, which pretty much parallels the Stewart Highway. So, you know, you've got a major highway now right up the centre of, of Australia. It's all sealed, of course, that major highway. And the new garn runs all the way uh, from South Australia, all the way through to Darwin now. They've eventually completed it. It took over 100 years to complete the whole journey mm. in the construction of it. And they, in the meantime, they've totally realigned half of it right across the country. It's a major undertaking, as you can imagine. And even building a railway line in the late 1800s was a major, major undertaking. Yeah. I mean, for a start, it was all all um, timber sleepers. Now, you've travelled through out back South Australia and you've noticed there's not a lot of trees out there. So, you know, the timber itself was even brought up from South East Australia and, you know, down around uh, Victoria and that, and all the, the timber sleepers had to be brought up. Down here at my training centre, I've got a coat rack hanging out the out the front of the training centre. and um, I've seen that. that yeah, I have seen that. Yeah. Mm. All those spikes are the spikes that they used on the old guard. Oh, there you go. Um, so you just decided to, to pick the, them up, the, did you? Yeah, look, when you in, in the early days, and, you know, when I first started going up the Utadatta track following the Garn railway line, the um, uh, the railway line, as I say, had been abandoned in 1980, 81, 82, mm. and they pretty much just left it there. They, they took up the steel you know, uh, tracks because they could be reused, but the thousands and thousands of um, sleepers, you know, wooden sleepers were left there, and of course those steel, uh, giant steel nails, in fact, that held the, the tracks to the the sleepers, you know, they were they were worthless, and they were just all left there. Um, in fact, uh, there were a couple of companies actually had to contract to go and collect the sleepers, and um, and they brought them back to you know, major centres like Adelaide, Melbourne, Sydney, and they were sold to people in in you know nursery gardens that is for landscaping. Uh, they're they're hard as I mean they used to be you know used to be able to pick them up and you know break them up and use them in the fire, and they'd make the most amazing hot coals. So there are millions of these steel spikes scattered all along the old railway embankment, mm. all the way from, and I'm talking all the way from Murray all the way up to, to Alice Springs. Now, over the years and the time and the shifting sands and the thieves, <laughs> I might fall into that bracket, um, 
they've, they've become a little bit a little bit scarce. But uh, but yeah, look, we've got a few here for people to hang their hats on, mm. as we say. But look, if you're coming out of Alice Springs, I'm using Alice Springs in this case as the the start point, um, and you, you head south. Now the road that parallels the old garden. I'm talking about the old garden, of course yeah. here. Um, it's uh, it's a fairly major good dirt road for the first hundred k heading south out of Alice Springs, goes past the airport, and then in a straight line down there. There's a, a fairly large uh, community, Aboriginal community down down uh, near Maryvale, uh, about 100k south of Alice. So they've maintained that section of the road quite well. So it's a good dirt road. It does get closed if it rains, etc. as do any of the dirt roads in the outback. Mm. Um, on the way down there, there is a turn-off to uh, a, a place known as Uwinga, spelt with an E-W, Uwinga. And that has uh, a small rocky outcrop uh, in the desert there, and in that rocky outcrop are what they call some petroglyphs, which are Aboriginal artwork where they've chiselled into the hard rock. It's an ironstone-type rock, which is why it's still there, um, and you know, depicting animals and uh, animal tracks and things of that nature. Mm. They've got some very good explanatory boards there too, so that's worth a short, very short little 2 or 3K side trip out to the Uringa uh, rock carvings, mate. Um, heading can Continuing south from there, fairly good road. You wouldn't even know there was a railway line anywhere near you at that point because it's pretty much been obliterated uh, by the major roads that they've put down there. Good, as I say, still a dirt road. And then you will you'll get to the stage where the old Garn railway track goes straight ahead and there's a turn off to the right which goes out to Maryvale. Uh, that's also the road that leads out to the beautiful Chambers Pillar which is a big sandstone monolith, a natural natural structure out there with lots of carvings in it, not just from, you know, in fact, you shouldn't touch it now, but it's actually got lots of historic carvings in the uh, the pillar, the soft sandstone of the pillar. In fact, Giles, who was one of our major explorers, actually trekked right across Australia and he trekked through there and put his own initials on that rock. And then some of those date back to the, you know, the mid to, to late 1800s. That's so, incredible. Uh, while, while it's yeah, while it's graffiti, you know, it's historic stuff mm, now. Mm. It's in the conservation reserve chambers uh, pillar, so there is uh, there is camping there, um, and um, you know, just small campsites. And there is actually a structure, uh, a platform, wooden platform that they put around the central part of the column. So you walk up to up to that, and then you get on this platform. And the whole idea of that was to try and preserve because lots of people were climbing up there and the, the number of feet that were walking on the soft um, sandstone around the, the base of the column was making it break down in the road quicker than what it would normally do. So while it looks like from a distance, it looks like the, the poor old Chambers pillar's got a collar on, um, it's a platform and designed to preserve it. It's a great place to visit at sunrise and sunset, mate. And directly opposite Chambers pillar is a, another rock called the Castle. And um, and I I remember sitting up on top of the castle, climbing up to the top of that, and watching the sunset and the beautiful yellows, whites, and orange, and the dark rich red, which is the iron capping of the top of Chambers Pillar, mm. just glowing, you know, really brightly in that afternoon sun as it sets. And you've been in the outback a little bit lately, mate. You know how brilliant oh, our sunsets yeah, are. Incredible. Aren't they good? Yeah, right? very, very good. And the funny thing is, is that the, it's, it's basically just a mirror image of what happened in the eastern sky in the morning. It's incredible. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, and and look, you know, being in some of these fantastic locations at at sunrise and sunset, and we talked before about the you know how brilliant the sky is at, at night. You get away from the city, and and I, just on that, mate, you know, down down here at my training centre at Braybridge, I was out there last night looking up, and oh, you just cannot believe how many stars you can see when you get away from the cities and that. And that's one of the beauties of, of camping and, and any kind of travel in, in outback Australia is the clear skies. Um, to get out to Chambers Pillar, look, it's a little bit tricky if you haven't, you know, if you've never driven off-road before, just um, just past the turn off to Maryvale, you've got to cross the Hugh River. Now, the Hugh River is generally is dry. If it was wet, you probably wouldn't be going anywhere anyway if there was that much water around. Mm. So it's fairly soft sand. So, look, my, my tip there, mate, is you just got to drop your tyre pressures down. Mm. Um, and on that, you probably should be dropping your tyre pressures down anyway when you drive on a dirt road because it just um, it gives you a bit more traction, but it really reduces the risk of getting a tyre puncture dramatically oh, absolutely. by dropping your pressure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The amount of people I saw... With you know that, that it had troubles because they didn't you know let the tires yeah, down that a little rule. bit exactly yeah. uh, you know especially mm-hmm. like if there's a lot of rocks yeah you, know, uh, you need yeah. to protect your tires I mean you'll chip them at best but if you don't do that yep. you'll puncture them so uh, that's and, right and that's yeah. the thing and, and I mean I know lately um, obviously I've done a fair bit of that where you know I've I've done, taken dirt sections where I've dropped tire pressure and then just pulled up and. Obviously, I have the luxury of having pretty good compressor, so it didn't take me long to pump them back up. But, but you still yep. you need to go to that trouble because it could end up holding you up big time if you oh, don't do yeah. that. And it's a smoother ride, especially on the corrugated stuff. You get that, yeah, you, get, you get a, yeah. a lot smoother ride, and you know you haven't got the dashboard vibrating out of the car. Well, you, you think about the, the work your shock absorbers are doing too, you know, mm. and you, it's actually better for the whole vehicle all around. And, mm. and if you've ever had to buy a tyre in the outback, you know you've got to pay more for it because it's obviously the freight that's involved. And then you may not be able to get exactly the tyre the, the pattern and, and make of tyre you've got, so you end up coming home with a you know a tyre that's probably, a, you know, not, not as good as the one that you, you would like to use. Yeah, so, you paid 500 for it. That's right, and you, you mm. pay a lot of money because mm. of the, the isolation of the place. But um, so you look, you know, and when we talk about that, like that that Garn Railway line track, I, I'd be probably driving what we term a hot pressure, probably around about twenty eight psi. Yep. Uh, in my my Land Cruiser, you know, my Land Cruiser when I've loaded up, it weighs about three and a half tons, so it's a pretty heavy vehicle. Mm. Um, and look, you know, I do that, mate. I've had puncture for 12 years, you know, and um, I'll probably go outside and it'll be a flat side. Now, I'm looking at the FJ now and it looks looks pretty good. Um, but look, you know, once you've, uh, once you cross out a few river stock route, uh, the road's not too bad. Again, if you've hit it after bad weather, there'll be lots of washouts, there'll be big rocks on the track. You know, you, you can't just say, with, with outback travel and, and dirt roads, unsealed roads, you, you, you can't get commentary on, you know, what is the condition like you know, you've got to base it on what the past uh, weather conditions have been and, and sometimes it's how recent did it rain and sometimes it's how long since it's rained because if it's been a long while since it's rained, you're going to have bull dust, you know. you're going to The road's going to start to break up and there's going to be big bull dust holes. And if you've had, had you know, a storm go through and a bit of flooding, you're going to have washouts, you're going to have rocks up on the road that weren't there before. So... You know, you can take advice on, on, from people, but the best advice you get is going to be the bloke who's in the campsite next year mm. who's maybe driven that road yesterday, you know? That's uh, right, yep. Because those roads, uh, you know, outback roads will change all the time. 
in that respect. Um, when you when you cross over the Hugh River Stock Route, there is a little jump up, uh, which is a you know it's a low hill that you've got to drive up. In fact, you may even need low range to, to get up there. It's quite steep. But when you get to the Tolbert, it's a magnificent view, particularly down to the south. And in fact, that's when you get the first glimpse of Chambers Pillar from up there. And that's always a great stopping point uh, on top of that that jump up, as we call it. And you look down, there's a few other, you know, rocky knolls that, that stick up, but Chambers Pillar is quite distinct and you can pick it out, all right? Um, the other thing that I've uh, that I've seen when I, when you drop off there off that that jump up, um, it's a very rocky and the, the road is just carved in with a bulldozer blade, so it's a pretty rough old rocky road that you're driving down. Mate, I've stopped on that drop down and um, all those rocks that have been you know broken up by the the, the, the dozer blade as I mentioned, they're full of uh, they're full of fossils. You know, and they're full of the, the sea urchin type fossils that you see. Because mm. you know, all this was an, uh, uh, an inland sea. It really, you know, Sturt was looking for the inland sea. It was just about 10 million years too late. Mm. But, um, but it was an inland sea. And you can just fossick around on that jump up as you go over it. You get out of the car, walk around, and lo and behold, you'll find, you know, those, those orangey red colored rocks with the iron in it. With the, with the fossils of sea urchins and things like that, it's really fascinating, you know. Mm. Um, another tip would be to pick up some firewood before you got into the conservation area around Chambers Pillar because there's no firewood collection allowed allowed in there, but you can have a campfire, and uh, they've got drop torches and things like that. However, mate, back at Maryvale where we turned off the old Garn railway line, uh, that the old Garn continues south. And in fact, it continues all the way down to the town of Fink, um, which is an Aboriginal community. The, the, the really um, important thing, I guess, to point out to people is that this road from there on does deteriorate quite a deal. You, at some times, you may be driving on the actual embankment of the old railway line, uh, but a lot of the time you're, you're following a very lumpy, uh, road which, you know, uh, parallels the old garden because a lot of the old bridges where they went over dry creeks, they've since rotted away and they're just gaping chasms and things now. So there is a track that parallels the actual embankment um, of the um, of the old railway line, but you're right next to it all the way through there. And in fact, you, you'll go past a number of old sidings. Now, they're, they're, some of these are just concrete blocks on the ground. Mm. And and others will be have raised water tanks uh, where you know these were steam locomotives, so they they had to take on water, etc. Uh, in in the uh, you know when the, the old garn ran, particularly in the eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. So there a couple of those are, are marked along the way, and you know they're, they're interesting points to stop at. It um, if you're going to drive all the way down to the town of Fink along that road. Look, you know, you could do it in a day, but my, my tip would be you probably want to go out to Chambers Pillar and, and have a camp out there and catch sunset and sunrise out there. And you could easily spend a, a couple of days and just enjoy in the being in the desert. Uh, continuing south, I, I'd allow at least, um, you know, two days to get from Alice down to Fink without that diversion to Chambers. Partway down there, you'll go through a grove of uh, desert oaks and again, they only grow in the central part of Australia and you'll, you'll be driving along and you're just in low mulga and spinifex and stuff, not much tree at all. 
And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you start driving through fairly well-established trees. You know, we're talking trees that could be 30, 40 foot high, some of the, the more mature ones. Um, they look like a she-oak to us who live on the, the east coast of Australia. So they're a needle-type leaf on it um, and a droopy-type leaf that hangs down. And that's the beautiful, beautiful death. If you can ever get the opportunity, mate, to camp under one of those or in a grove of those, mm. it's, it's just beautiful. You get a little bit of a breeze and, of course, the, the, the wind just sighs, you know, as it goes through those, those needle-like leaves. And it's just a, a, a fabulous, um, oh, just a fabulous, you know, place to stop. You know, I've, I've done a few camps in different desert oak groves and, again, they're the ones that stick out in the mind as being a really nice place to be. Um, and, and then as soon as you get into that, like that almost ends, you know, within a couple of k's. So it's only a very small section where they grow, you know. Um, the the thing I probably want to mention, you know, I've said it's probably about a two-day drive, and that's leisurely drive. There's no need to rush this. It's, it's a lumpy road, and you may not need full drive. You might need it in some sandy sections, but it's just the robust nature of your vehicle mm. that is required. But what I'm pointing out, though, is that in the June long weekend, mate, every June long weekend, they have the Think Desert Race. Yes. Right? <laughs> and and that goes from Alice Springs down to Fink. Now, what takes you two days to drive? Uh, these guys in their bikes and their and their cars, their four drive cars that are set up for racing, and the buggies, like two hours. It's <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. Like it's it's, a two, it's over two hundred kilometres, you know. Mm. And how these these guys, these superheroes. Uh, can, and Toby Price, of course, we all know, well, maybe we don't all know Toby Price, but Toby Price is a very, very well known in the motorsport field, particularly the desert racing mm-hmm. on his bike. He's, he's won the, the Dakar Rally a couple of times, you know, like he's an absolute legend. Um, and he races in the in the Fink and he's, he actually, he races in the bike section and then he jumps in the helicopter and he flies back up to Alice. Uh, and, and then he jumped in, the, in in one of the buggies and races in the car section at the same time. <laughs> mm. You know, like as if, as if doing 200 kilometres an hour over this dirt road. And I have to say, mate, when you drive that road, you like, how how the dickens could they ever drive that, that fast? But, you know, these vehicles, these bikes, and these these guys and, and girls are very, you know, they're, they're, the vehicles are well, well set up. I mean, they've got metre-long wheel travel suspension in some of the buggies. Mm. So it virtually it soaks up because it's it's like a roller coaster ride. The, the road it's up and down, up and down, up and down. So uh, it's it's pretty astonishing. The other advice would be in the week leading up to the long weekend in June, don't go anywhere near the place because um, they do actually shut the, the the road down occasionally so that the guys can go out and just get a bit of practice in. Yeah, you you definitely don't want to be you know on that road when someone's doing two hundred odd kilometres an hour down it. Uh, but it just it just blows your mind to think that, that they could drive vehicles and, and you know at that at that pace. And then when they get to think, the next day they jump back on their in their bikes and their cars and they race back back up. And the person who does it in the overall quickest time mm. is is the winner. I mean, they, the winner, yeah. they they are they are legends. Those guys. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But look, it's a great drive from Think um, Think itself, as I mentioned, the Aboriginal community. Probably one of the biggest tests you're going to have is actually getting across the Fink River just prior to the town of Fink. Again, it's a dry riverbed. It can be very, very dry, hot sand, very, very soft. And um, 
And also, I've, on occasion, I've had very deep bull dust. Literally, where I've you know I've stepped out of the vehicle and I've gone right up to just below my knee mm. in bull dust, mate. And mm. then when you drive through bull dust, and you've probably done it, mm. it's like as if you were driving through someone had put a truckload of talcum powder on yeah, the road. It's ter- yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, and the it's, trouble with it too is you have you have no you have no view of any potholes. You have no sight. It's, it's you've yeah. got to be very yeah. careful. But yeah, I, I'm not yeah. a fan. I'm not a real big fan <laughs> of driving through bull dust. I've got to tell you, nah. No, and look, the, 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 the advice on that is that, you know, you need to slow down, don't, don't mm. hit it hard. Because you're dead right, you, you can drop off very sharp edges in that pool dust that you can't see. Mm. There can be hidden rocks in it too, which can break a wheel. So you want to slow down. You, if you've got a four-wheel drive, and this is what I'm recommending you have for this drive, you want to put it into four-wheel drive, high range, so you've got all four wheels working for you. Beginning uh, with the technicalities, you know, if you're driving a, a, a full-time four-wheel drive, most of them will have a centre differential. You should lock that, which gives you a real four-wheel drive, um, and and drive through at maybe ten or twenty kilometres an hour at, mm. at best. What you need to do is is keep the nose and the windscreen of the car in front of the dust, because I've seen people go in and the wind's been behind them, <laughs> and and the dust actually overtakes you, and you can't see a thing, mm. you know. Mm. Uh, so you've got to like drive through and and. Make sure your vents are shut. Make sure your windows are shut. Yes. Um, I saw I had one chap on one of my trips go through a bulldust hole and he had the, the driver's window open and half his face was red and the other half was white, you know, mm-hmm. after he went through it. So, um, but look, yeah, that, that crossing can be quite difficult and um, even with the soft sand or all the bulldust. Uh, so, again, tyre pressures, make sure you're down around that, you know, 28, 24, 25, something of that nature. To give you a bit of grip and in four drive to and just power through that at about 10 to 20 kilometers an hour is is my recommendation. Um, from Think, uh, the old gun, as I mentioned, it actually goes all the way down to Maori. Uh, it um, you can follow it down towards the um, the town of Mount Dare. All right, and yeah, have you been to Mount Dare at this no, stage? Well, yet, I was mate? Going, no, so I was going to come back in that way, but our trip changed and uh. And yep. I was I was in the top end, so uh, but we didn't get down yeah, there. Yeah. But anyway, next time, mate, we'll definitely. Go I, I might. I, I may have misled the listeners. I said that the town of Mount Dare. I mean, Mount Mount Dare is a pub with some accommodation yeah. and campground, which is basically right. the edge of the Simpson, isn't it? Well, it, it across it the is. Simpson, yeah. from one pub to another one, being in Birdsville. Yeah, that's right, mate. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's right on the on the edge of the Simpson. It's a pub. It's got accommodation, which. You know, little cabins type stuff. It's got a campground. Um, it's surrounded by a levee bank because when it rains, the uh, the rivers out there all flood, and, and, and at times the water comes over the levee bank. Um, but look, you know, they're, they're well equipped there to help travellers. They've got a great workshop there, and they've got tyres, and they've got spare parts and things, mm. and etc. But it, it's a it's a bit of an oasis, as they say. Um, and so it's on the route. You go past the old old homestead of. Charlotte Downs, and um, and then you get to Mount there. It's probably another hundred k's from from Fink. Um, just back at Fink, I just thought of it too. Just while you're there, just out of town, probably ten or fifteen k out of town, is a place called the Lambert Centre. That's probably worth visiting if you're going to do that drive. Mm. That's um, that's supposed to be the centre of Australia. Um, it's a little clearing um, in amongst the the mulga trees, and they've actually got a replica of the. Uh, uh, of the flagpole that's on top of 
um, Canberra, yeah, yes. apartment yep. house at Canberra. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so there's a replica of that there, and you can camp out there. Mind you, the guy who put the road out there, I think he might have had one or two too many, um, you know, five o'clock um, you know, afternoon colbies because <laughs> the road winds around and around and around. I'm, I'm certain if you drove it in a straight line, it'd be about seven k from the the Col- what is the Colga Road mm. um, out to the flagpole. But the way you go, you do about about ten or eleven columns because it winds around mm. so much between the trees and things. So I'm there's some hot, sure there's a, there's some hot springs out there too, isn't there? Oh, absolutely, mate. Yeah, mm. yeah. So once you once you leave Mount there, if you if you're still like following the old garn, um, it disappears off into the countryside a little bit, uh, and the road is still paralleling it, but probably twenty kilometres away. So you don't actually see the old garn mm. uh, at that point. But yeah, you got Dalhousie Springs. Yeah. Dalhousie Springs is probably you know one of the in the four wheel drive world, it's the, the most well known hot spring in Australia, mm. uh, and it's a magic location. I mean, that spring there, mate. That's that's like the size of a football field. Um, it's it's the water's up to your chin and and deeper. Yeah. And it's at and it's at thirty eight degrees Celsius. Mm. Uh, I mean, you've got to lower yourself into it slowly because you feel like you're you know getting into a saucepan yep. full of boiling water. Mm. Um, but it's a, a magic spot. Some nice camping there. No no fires allowed um, at that point. Um, designated areas for camping, but it's not. You don't have to book it in advance or anything like that. And uh, and heaps of camping and um, one one of the great things I've ever done was you know in the middle of winter on a very very cold night is to go down and and get into this this hot water it's like a giant spa and just float around in thirty eight degrees Celsius water looking up at that star studded sky mm. blazing away shooting stars going across and everything else and you can hear the dingoes howling out in the yeah, desert you know mate, unbelievable <laughs> yeah, mate. yeah unbelievable. <laughs> and that was. That was an occasion in 1993, and I remember mm. it like it was yesterday, mate. Mm. So, and that still happens today, which is the best part about the outback. It doesn't change much. Yeah, oh, well, mate, I can tell you now. <laughs> well, on my recent trip, one night, I camped just off the road on the Stewart Highway. And yep. um, um, amazing, just pulled up, went along a creek bed, just stopped there. And you mentioned two things. One, the shooting stars, they're just one after yep. the other out there. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it's incredible. You, you, you think you've seen a shooting star, go out there and you'll see, you know, you'll see a hundred of them in, you know, in one night yeah. sitting there. Yeah. And the dingoes. Yeah. yeah that, that, it's just incredible. And I'm only out there by yourself. You think, man, how good is this? It's incredible. You wonder why. I've always been, and you and I have both been the same sort of idea that see Australia, forget travel overseas, just go and there's so much to see and do. That cost, you know what that cost, mate? Nothing. That cost nothing. I camped there, pulled up yeah. in the caravan on the back, so I wasn't exactly camping hardcore, but yeah, um, until, yeah. you know, but you but pulled the outdoor kitchen out, so you're still camping. Yeah, you're cooking sitting outside. You're, you're cooking outside yeah. and. But um, and then just to sit there and have a cold beer after a bit of a day on the road, and just yeah. to watch the light show that's happening above you, and yeah. then you, and and then and and listen to the natural, the natural yeah. sound system, the natural sound, the, the, yeah. the natural audio that's playing in the in the distance. It's just incredible. And really one, one of the other things too, mate. I don't know if you might have picked it up or not, but every now and then you hear a little squeak, and that's actually a bat. 
right? You have your campfire going and you get little insects attracted to the light of your fire. Mm. And, and if you're looking up at the stars, you know, you'll think, did I just see something flash past, you know, in the dark? Mm. And they're the tiny little bats that are going past and they're grabbing the insects that are attracted to the fire. And mm. You can just hear a little squeak as they fly through, you know. Mm. So, oh, just, the, sounds, oh, yeah. the sounds out there are just, you can't explain it. You've got to go out and experience it. The sounds, the birds, the birds yeah. at night that are sort of restless, and then obviously yep. when the, that first light comes over the horizon, yeah. the, the alarm oh, clock's just unbelievable. Yeah, the birds start up and mm. you get that orange glow, as you say, in the sunrise. Yeah, oh, mate, wish we were there right now. Yeah, eh? I know. <laughs> I know. Tell me about it, mate. All right, is there any more on this one? Oh, look, you know, look, you know, I mean, it, it obviously goes all the way down there to the outer track and there's another whole whole road trip, mate. One yeah. day we'll talk about that, I reckon. Yeah, right? no, yeah, yeah. all right. All right, good stuff, mate. Well, you've done... Done us uh, well again and painted a picture and, uh, and geez, I could certainly picture it, especially when I've been out in that region, not so much there, but north of there over the last eight weeks. And yeah. uh, it's yeah. just amazing. And uh, I know even like last week I was in McKinley in Queensland and there's such yeah. flat country and the, I talk about that mirror image sunrise and sunset. It's just ident- identical. Like when the sun comes yeah. up, the, when it goes down... It's an identical yeah. view and and just the way of life out there and the sounds of the outback. It certainly is, um, mate, it's something that everyone should experience. And I actually That's was I was actually lucky enough mm. to go on a um on a mail run with Frank who runs the pub out there and yep. and again oh, wow, just, that'd be great. Yeah, and like, like we did five pick five drops at four hundred kilometers. And <laughs> just it's just but the way of you life. You weren't on the posty bike, I take it. No, no, no. We were actually in a Holden, Colorado. I think it was a Holden, Colorado or a, or a yeah. or something. But it was yeah. just, um, it was just such an experience. And, yeah. and, and to get, you know, and, to, and just the surroundings and the, the remoteness the, and how quiet. The other thing, is. too, mate, I mean, you would have met the people who were working on those remote Oh, mate, that, mate, cup of tea, homemade biscuits, you would yeah. have loved it. Yeah, you yeah. pull up, and and the mail, the mail itself. Sure, there were the the post packages and boxes and envelopes and things, but there was also boxes of produce that we loaded into cool rooms on stations, cartons, yeah. cartons of beer, you know, just yeah. because mm. so these people are just living such remote lives, but loving it. And and the 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 other thing that that got me too, Vic, was the age of a lot of the people working on the stations, both yeah. you know, boys yep. and girls, young. Some, people, some doing, yeah. you know, doing gap years in uni, some who want to be ringers and want want yeah. that way of life. And I can tell you now, they don't know too much about what people worry about in the big smoke because they just, nah. it's just, this is their life. This is where they, it's not on their radar, the, way, they, the yeah. way they choose to live. And it was funny, yeah. I met one bloke who was um, employed to do a job on a station out there. And when he got there to do that job, they said, look, before you do that, can you do this? And it was three years ago. He was fencing when I met him, and he hadn't done the first job. He went there to start. Yeah, he hadn't got back to that job. He hadn't even got to that job yet. The one that he was actually yeah. employed to do. It's just yeah. such a way of life out there, and yeah. uh, and certainly, Unreal. certainly, and that's where people from the big smoke now have that advantage of when you go on these road trips out into the outback that you can camp on these stations and see yep. it for yourself, and that they've opened their yeah. doors and. People don't Maybe they spend half an hour sitting around the campfire having a chat to yeah. the locals and just get a window into their life and what you know what their what their concerns are and mm. um, and and what they you know and like you said the 
the isolation, you know, that you can't just drive into town or in, up to the shops and pick That's up a right. carton of milk. Mm. You've got to plan ahead, you know. <laughs> well, we were going 100 kilometres between neighbours. Like, yeah. just incredible, wow. just incredible. And, yeah. I mean, I was talking to a young fellow who was going to work on a station a million acres. Yeah. You know, yeah there's yeah, a massive pro- – and that was up in the Gulf. I mean, this is, you know, such a, such a huge country. And then yep. you look at some of those stations in the Northern Territory. Well, mate, then it, you know, I mean, it's just you know they're, yeah. big, they're bigger than they're bigger than some European countries. Just the one property, it's amazing. Exactly. It really is. Yeah. All right, Victor, yeah. well, well done, mate. Now, if anybody All wants right. to wants to go on these trips with you, and, and I certainly suggest after listening to that, if you ever thought of going out and uh, and travelling Australia, but you weren't sure, well, after listening to Vic talk about that, you'd be crazy not to go with Vic and his team. Uh, you just go to the website, 4wd.net.au. That's the website for Great Divide Tours, 4wd.net.au. Or you certainly can just Google Great Divide Tours. While you're on the computer, make sure you jump onto Vic Woodman's YouTube channel. I'm going to do that as soon as we finish today and, um, and, and subscribe to that YouTube channel because there will be, apart from some very funny stuff, much like the old Benny Hill show, you will get some very important <laughs> tips and information, you will, mate. Yeah, that, yeah, and that's and that look and look as we say, knowledge is power. When you get out there, you'd be surprised of the things you do. I mean, I, I know with me, like you, you talk about you know pumping up tires, letting down tires, doing things, checking, checking walnuts, doing stuff. You carry all this gear with you, and yeah. uh, and 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 look, you, I, 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 I well, basically on my recent trip, I didn't unplug the the air gun from the hose. I just left yeah. it rolled up, rolled up in the back of the car, and then when I need to pump, up, to pump mm-hmm. up a tire, just flick the switch and pumped, pumped up my tires. Because you do these things, you need, and you need to know the equipment you need to carry, and and the extra yep. tools and the bits and pieces and, and all these. And I might just throw in there, mate, that you know one of the beauties of going on a tag along. You know, if you're not sure what equipment to get, and oh, do I need to go to all that expense? You're carrying. You know, we, carry, we carry all that stuff for them anyway. Yeah, that's know? right, including and that's satellite. Part of the idea of it. Yep. And, on, and yeah. including people that are very, very handy when it comes to repairs, as was evident in a recent trip out there yep. on that Darling River Run or wherever it was, where you ended up in Kilcarra with our man. Brad Bell, who had to do some repairs on a van, That's right. and yep. uh, and that, yeah. that all comes into it, and uh, and of course things like satellite communication in the event of anything going wrong, and and things like that. It's pretty safe, and it's a yeah. pretty good way to travel, and certainly uh, it's worth it. So great divide tours, just four wd.net.au, and like we say, jump on that YouTube channel as well, because all those tips and information will come in. Believe it or not will come in very handy on your very own trip, no matter where it is in Australia. You're a, you're a good man, Vic. I know today you, we've interrupted right. your training. We'll let you yeah, get back out to Yeah, I've got the boys out it. there. I'm looking, the, looking out the window now, and they're, they're doing the hill climbs over there. Uh, so we've got the boys doing the – and the girls. Jenny's down here with uh, with Wiley, and, um, yeah, and we're going to go over and do the water crossing after this. That'll be fun. Good stuff. All right, Vic. <laughs> well, I'll, all right, well, I'll leave you to that, and we'll talk to you soon. Good on you, mate. You have a great week. See you. See you, mate. There he is, Vic Whitman. A fantastic road trip, this one, the Garn Track and uh, the old Garn Track and Vic Woodman. 
Certainly does paint a picture, doesn't he? Look, as you know, that this particular podcast is brought to you by Top Parks and they are our partner with Road Trips Australia and we certainly do uh, appreciate that. But I've got to tell you that we do have a brand new sponsor that I'm very excited about as part of not only Road Trips Australia but also the Camping and Off-Road Radio Show and that is, of course, BF Goodrich. And everyone knows BF Goodrich, if you own a four-wheel drive, I'm tipping you've had BF Goodrich tyres on the four-wheel drive at some point. I mean, I've had them on my cars since, geez, I think when I was 18, at BF Goodrich Top Comp TAs. And we've run the uh, all-terrains over the years, which I believe would be one of the best tyres I think I've ever run. And these days they are the KO2s. And, of course, we currently run the KM3s on a couple of vehicles. They certainly are uh, the go-to tyre for us, BF Goodrich. And this year, BF Goodrich celebrates their milestone 150th year. From humble beginnings in 1870, BF Goodrich continues to be a compassionately performance-driven the BF Goodrich brand was built for driving enthusiasts by, of course, driving enthusiasts. BF Goodrich strive to continually improve tyre performance and because of their adventurous spirit, they've always encouraged people to seek the ultimate freedom on or off the road. And as I say, plenty of people use their tyres off-road. They certainly won't let you down. And I, I don't ever remember having a flat tyre with a BF Goodrich tyre. So there you go. And we have done plenty of kilometres, I can tell you. BF Goodrich has achieved victory in the biggest races across the globe. From success at Le Mans, the BAHA 1000, the Dakar Rally and of course the famous Fink Desert Race which we spoke about earlier. Uh, they are the go-to tyre out there as well. Why wouldn't they be? Now look, it's time for BFG's history and your future to unite. Choose how you want to drive with BF Goodrich tyres and to do that you just go to the website. You know, you find a dealer there, bfgoodrich.com.au, bfgoodrich.com.au. They certainly are the tyres that you uh, want to be putting on your four-wheel drive. Go to that website, bfgoodrich.com.au. Uh, now look out for BF Goodrich off-road centres, recognised as BF Goodrich ambassadors and opinion leaders within the four-wheel drive community, a place where you can receive expert advice from people that share your passion. There is a full list of their w- on the website at that bfgoodrich.com.au website. Anywhere from Bundaberg, Bundaberg to Broken Hill and everywhere in between, you'll find a BF Goodrich dealer. You can also browse the entire catalogue and discover their wide range of tyres for everyday, sport or even vintage cars, as well as SUVs, light trucks and extreme four-wheel drive and, of course, racing tyres. It's all online at that website, bfgoodrich.com.au. Check out the 150-year uh, celebration video while you're at it. It features some classic footage of the BF Goodrich tyres showcasing some of the successes, thrills, freedoms and adventure that is, of course, BF Goodrich. It's all on the website. Find out more at the website. Check out the tyre range, whether you're looking for tyres to take you off the beaten track or to give you exhilaration on the, on the asphalt or to help you win that desert race. You need to go to the website. 1903, the first vehicle to cross the United States was fitted with, of course, BF Goodrich tyres. They've been around uh, 1914 and 1915. What about this? BF Goodrich was the first tyre manufacturer to win Indianapolis 500 two years in a row. They've got a rich history, been around for a long time. Even the space shuttle, the Columbia, was fitted with BF Goodrich tyres in 1981. It's amazing, really. Here we are sticking on our four-wheel drives. Very happy they are a proud sponsor of uh, Road Trips Australia and, of course, the uh, the camping and off-road radio show. And uh, like I say, very happy for them to be on board. Now, look, the only thing that makes me happy is to know that we do this for Top Parks and I get to speak to the lovely Laura about 
great caravan parks all over the country, and she is on the line right now, and she's just had an education on BF Goodrich as well. Laura, how are you going? <laughs> G'day, how are you doing? I'm going well. It seems like it was only like yesterday I spoke to you. In fact, it could have even been today. Oh, that's very kind of you to say. And I must I didn't know anything um, as, as extensive as those facts about those tyres. My goodness, yeah, they've been to space. There you go. They're certainly all about the place, aren't they? So uh, they're a pretty popular tyre. Now, what is also popular, of course, are top parks, and they do have more parks in more places. This one today, though, I think this is this is up there. I thought like last a couple of weeks ago I was in Catherine, and that park up there, it had springs out the back, those hot springs, natural springs, where you could just walk down the track and down the hill and straight in for a swim. I've been to that one down there at Ulladulla, the Kings Point Retreat, which for me is the ultimate when it comes to caravan parks. It just has just about everything there from water slides to a 7D theatre to a bar, little bistro, oh, unbelievable place. But this one today, this is right up there. This has got to be one of the best ones you've ever popped up with. Well, I do like to keep you impressed, um, so I, I'm glad that this one has ticked the boxes for you. The Victor, the Victor Harbour Holiday and Cabin Park in Adelaide, yeah? Uh, yep, so it's an hour south of Adelaide yep. uh, on the beautiful peninsula, and it has everything that you, the family, the kids um, could possibly want and need for a getaway. Yes, and the good thing about this park is that it's one of those caravan parks that you can go to where you don't have to leave the, the confines of the park to enjoy a holiday. It, the, the accommodation options here are just endless. A massive range of different cabin accommodations, one bedroom, two bedroom, as well as holiday units, including two bedroom units. Um, and the whole place is pet friendly as, as well as a selection of units and cabins. Yeah, most certainly. So literally no family member needs to miss out and uh, I've found out that come December they're going to have some new um, three by two cabins so three bedroom two bathroom so they'll be able to have a bit more of an extended family um, holiday as well. I mean that's, in, that's incredible I mean some of these yeah. units in these caravan parks are just as good as houses in fact I reckon there'll yeah. be some people who go well mate let's just go and stay here for ages I mean it's unbelievable <laughs> the good thing too about this park and this is the thing we loved the good thing about any caravan park, especially around holiday time, is that the minute you drive in, because sometimes it can take you a bit of time to, to like switch off, but when mm -hmm. you go to a caravan park, you're back in and you're set up. You, all of a sudden, someone's walking past you drinking a stubby and you can smell yep. a barbecue off into the distance and kids will go yep. past on the push bikes. They, they, you, go, you get straight into the atmosphere. Instant, you feel like you're on holiday straight away. Instantly, and with all the facilities um, to keep those kids occupied out from under your feet while you're trying to set up, and then you can just kick back and relax with the baby. Um, and yeah, your holiday's already started. That wind down time just happens in seconds. Well, the beauty of this park is that there is stacks to do for the kids and the big kids as well. The water <laughs> slides look amazing. That's the first thing that comes to mind for me. These water theme parks in, in caravan parks now and holiday parks. Are just a really, they're not caravan parks anymore. They're holiday parks. They're just, you know, they're like villages and and the facilities. Like this, this um, waterside looks like a beauty. It's got an enormous jumping pillow, which just keeps kids and big kids alike busy for hours. A swimming pool, and there's a. Um, there's, tell us a little bit about the uh, the 
the track. There's a track there. Uh, yeah, so the uh, modular pump track. So uh, it's all sort of engineered, uh, beautifully done. And it, what it does is it, it, you can take your bikes, scooters, skateboards, rollerblades, whatever you would normally use, um, nice smooth surface. And it, so it keeps the kids off the roads in and around the park um, and just keeps them in one area. And it's absolutely amazing. And I'm finding that these are popping up all over parts across Australia. Um, yeah. They're super popular. Yeah, that is the go. And uh, and that's just like having their own very own BMX track, but this one you can do the rollerblades and scooter thing, as you say. And look, a, a fantastic community barbecue area, very, very modern, um, all set up on a deck with very comfortable seating. There's lounges and everything. Just amazing. You just kick back there of an arvo. And you've got the camp kitchen. She's pet friendly, as we say. And um, the one thing that really stands out, there's two amenities blocks. And the amenities blocks are like five star. I mean, I know it's, you know, it's not the most in, important, thing in a, it's not an important thing in a holiday park. But in saying that, it, it is, you know, you do have to attend them. And the, um, yeah. and the amenities blocks, have, uh, this park's had a lot of money spent on it, hasn't it? Yeah, they really have. Um, and they... Like, take so much pride and joy in providing a beautiful setting for families to um, to make some really great memories. So, yeah, they've, they've been part of Pop Parks for a little while now and they've got a couple of other parks within our network as well. Um, so I've been really excited to, to when you um, told me that you needed a park for FA, I thought, I've got the one for you. Yes. Because um, these guys have been spending quite a considerable amount of time and energy um in this park and it just shows everything's manicured perfectly but it's still so open an area it's on 22 acres so you've mm. got heaps of room um you don't feel sort of boxed in or anything the kids can go off and play um and you can really enjoy your well-deserved break oh it's unbelievable free wi-fi as well if you need that and there's a beautiful guest laundry um there's also a um a kiosk with um plenty of grocery items there as well um, look the the harbour slide, the, the Splash Harbour water slides look fantastic as well as the pool. But there's also um, a new mini golf um, course there, a little nine hole mini golf centre. That's for the whole family. And um, a brand new playground. Plenty of things for the kids to do, as we say, during the holidays, they have plenty of activities for them. But coming soon, there's going to be um, a maze, an inflatable maze, where the kids yeah. can just get lost in there. <laughs> running around, can you imagine that? I mean, just running around, and then for you, and then for the people that are a bit old school like me, they got the traditional games room with the machines and the pool table and the like. And and look, scooter hire, push bike hire as well. Wood fire pizzas. There's there's a takeaway store within the confines of the park. There's pedal carts, and then this all comes with them cabins that we spoke about, but also with your caravan. The caravan sites are fantastic. You've got some. The caravan sites have things like AstroTurf sites, which are just, like, how good is that? That's just that, you know, the premium-powered sites, and they come with that synthetic grass pad to set up on. That's all set up beside the water slides. Yeah, exactly, and they're um, eight by five metres. So you've got heaps, heaps of room, heaps inside your, your tent, your caravan, your camper trailer, nice and clean, yep. um, absolutely perfectly, and well, so well-positioned. You you. You literally do not have to move. Um, it's perfect. Yeah, it's quite amazing. And then also the ensuite sites for those people that want their own private bathroom, uh, you can get that. And they come in handy too when you're camping because you can lock the fishing rods away and other things. You've got, yeah. you know, you're the only one with a key to the door of that. So they do come in handy, not just for using the amenity part of it, but the, 
but actually um, for putting things away. So, and again, pet-friendly sites, beautiful grass sites as well. Um, the powered sites are fantastic. All you know, some of them are under nice shaded trees, things like that. And then you've got the unpowered sites uh, where you can have your choice of areas, not far from your own amenities block, and well, and beautiful grass sites. It's just this park. I've got to say to you, Laura, has got to be one of the best ones you've come up with. It's an absolute cracker. Yeah, that's uh, it is a beautiful park, and as I said, they they take so much pride, and it, and it clearly shows. Mm. Um, the amount of we all we've all had our lawn days, and the amount of love and, and care and time you need to provide to those sorts of things. Um, yeah, every inch is so well looked after, and it it, it shows. Yeah, absolutely. So Victor Harbour accommodation options ideal for families, couples, groups looking for a fun holiday, and you get all those comforts of home as well with self-contained cabins and units and, of course, um, a, a huge a variety of uh, camping and caravanning options. It's just amazing. And, again, to suit all budgets, which is pretty good. So if you want to book this one, and, look, I'd be booking this. If you're planning for, you know, heading to South Australia for a holiday or you're listening to us down there, you need to be booking this now. Just go to the website, topparks.com.au. You won't be disappointed. This, 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 is, not, this is more than a holiday park. I mean, this is a perfect place to go and have a break or an extended yeah. holiday, and like you say. I mean, obviously, there's plenty to see and do in the region, which we encourage people to do that. But if you just want to kick back for a few days and not leave the place, what's your saying? Set up and grab a bevy? Is that what you do? Yeah, that's exactly what I do, and I send the, the tin lid off, and he can find his own friends and, and enjoy himself, and I can just set up and relax. Yeah, which is exactly what we like. We like that. All right, well done, Laura. That is a good one. The uh, Victor Harbour Holiday and Cabin Park, a beautiful park. How far from Adelaide, do you reckon? Under an hour? Under an hour, 53 minutes to be exact. Is that right? i tell you now, I'm a chance of having to go down, once we get this border thing out of the way, I might mm-hmm. have to go down there later in the year, and I'll see you taking the van down, so I reckon I'll be booking myself in there because... Um, it's just got everything. It's, it's a great place. It just looks like it has atmosphere. Yeah, it really, really does. All right, so topparks.com.au, that's where you'll find that park and hundreds of others. There's plenty of them on there no matter where you're going around the country. You certainly can uh, grab all, grab a caravan park, a holiday park to suit you anywhere in Australia just by going to that website, yeah? That's exactly it, topparks.com.au. Oh. Good stuff. All right, Laura, we will talk to you next week where I'm sure you'll have another great park for us. Always. Always for you. Good on you, mate. Oh, you do well. There she is. That is the lovely Laura, of course, from Top Parks. And as we say, Top Parks all over Australia are making holidays affordable again with Australia's largest choice of holiday parks in every corner of this great country. Top Parks offer the perfect place to pull up, relax, grab that bevy and start exploring. Book a self-contained cabin wherever you can. Um... If wherever you want, if you know, wherever you want to be, all parks have the cabins, or you can park right outside the front door there. And then, if you want your own site for your caravan, motorhome, or car- camper trailer, there is of course a Top Parks holiday for absolutely any budget. Now, thanks to Top Parks, you need to be getting onto this: the Goodday Rewards membership. Whether you're staying in a cabin or towing that van or camper anywhere across the country, you can save even more money on every stay with wide open spaces, plenty of fresh air, and more parks in more places you'll want to pop in and do just that and say good day find out more go to that website topparks.com.au book or just visit the website have a look for yourself you won't be disappointed top parks 
www.roadtripsaustralia.com.au That is Road Trips Australia this week. Thanks for tuning in. It's been an absolute beauty. What a fantastic trip too, that one up the Old Garn. And how good is that caravan park down there? Or Holiday Park. That's what it is. Uh, an absolute cracker. A big thank you to Top Parks for being a partner in the podcast. And a big thank you to BF Goodrich Tyres. Certainly uh, it is fantastic to have you on board. And of course, if you're going to go on a road trip, you need good tyres. So get yourself a set of BF Goodrich Tyres. That is our uh, podcast this week. If you want to send us an email through the week to suggest your own uh, road trip, bluecollarmedia.com.au. And of course, just click on email the duck. We'll be back to do it again next week. We'll see you then.